0: Listen, one of the things about being the parents of, of two adult children is I had very specific ideas of where my children's lives should go from the to- from the time they were in the womb. The backstory to that, of course, is my parents, my mom and dad, Caribbean Americans who immigrated to this country left everything behind them so that the five of us, their five children can have an education to get some place, uh, to be productive citizens and and to make do and find our way in our lives. So education, college education was built into us. It It was a fabric and my parents, their sacrifice was to come to this country If I had a word for this episode, the word would be evolve. Although I valued education, I wanted to strike a balance between what my children enjoyed, loved, but I also want them to be able to eat. There are many parents who probably think along the lines with me is, how is that going to support your life? (laughs) So, Especially as someone working in education, I wanted to guide, create, direct their lives. That did not go so well. (laughs) Everyone, my name is Anne Marie. I am the host of About This Life. I am so very pleased to have the guest of my podcast today. Her name is Vicki Poole. I'd love to introduce. First of all, Vicky is native of Georgia. I know a little bit about Georgia. I've traveled there a few times. <laughs> she has two adult children, like me. We can talk for we could talk for hours about yes, our children yes. and two cats. Vicky is a certified health and life coach, master transformational coach, and hypnotist. She helps women who are frustrated feeling they will never measure up, stagnant in your job, less than happy with your body, and you have zero time in your lives to do the things for yourself. Hello, somebody. <laughs> so Vicky is the person that you call <laughs> to coach you through this. And I'm like, I might need Vicki in my life, <laughs> okay? So I want to go through this coaching business because it's, it's quite catch all phrase and in, in this day and time I want you to help me to understand what is the difference between a health and a life coach why did you decide those were the two areas you wanted to focus on well that's a great question um, and I will start with the
1: my my weight has been a thorn in my side my entire life I've always been on a diet. My first diet I ever went on, I was in the third grade. Um, I don't know how that makes me, but it was one of those things where I saw my father on a diet all the time. And um, he had these um, uh, slender drinks, which now would be, uh, I don't even know, slim fest, I guess. Um, but so one day I read the back of the thing and it said, if you drink one, you'll lose weight. So I drank three because I thought, <laughs> you know how kids are. I thought, okay, Spit if it one up. works, three is going to be real good. Um, and I got in a lot, a lot of trouble and um, for drinking my father's expensive drinks, but it, it just kept on playing in my life. I would lose some, I would gain it. I would lose some, I'd gain more. And I finally got to this place where my my children's father had passed away from a massive heart attack and I'm sorry after uh, it's been 23 years now um but after he passed away um I was the one that had all the weight issues he didn't but I didn't have the health issues that he did but all I kept thinking of was if I continue on this path those health issues will show up and then I'll leave my children with with no father. My daughter was seven when he passed. My son was 16. And so I I thought, you know, I need to do something and that didn't get me to the health coaching thing. It just took a few years after that. It was like, I'm so tired of doing this same thing. There's got to be an answer. Um, So I went looking for um, a health coaching school that I felt was more about the mindset because I knew I knew what to do. Mm -hmm. I'd done it a thousand times or more. And so I had to figure out a way to make it work. And that's when I found the health coach Institute is where I went. So I did it for me. And I thought, if only thing that comes out of this is if I get control of my health and I have a better life, it's well worth any money I put in. Um, and if in the process I can help other people to do the same, that's a bonus, right? Um, so as I, I finished my health coaching um, classes and I started working on that and I started realizing there was a lot more that needed to be, it's like the, the Shrek thing with you get where, where layers of onion, you know, you got to peel the onion. And I started realizing I needed more. Things to work on me and to help others. So that's when I got the life coaching and that was and the master transformational coaching all from HCI. Um, so spent a ton of money, made a um, it definitely made a huge difference in my life. And um, and then I decided uh, I felt like there was still one thing missing, and I couldn't figure out what it was. And that's when I um, started learning hypnosis. So I felt like each thing, you know, just kind of came to another. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Why hypnosis?
1: Well, because, you know, it's the thing is we make decisions all the time. This is what I'm going to do. But then it doesn't take no time. And we're back to almost the same place we were, maybe just a touch better, but we're still not where we said we were. And so as I did a lot of research and I realized that it was all the subconscious that was um, was doing this, because I don't know if you've ever heard this before. I mean, it's, I'm not the only one that says this, so I'm not trying to take ownership of it. But we are are we're like thermometers or thermostats in our house, um, whether we're trying to lose weight or find a partner, or make more money, or whatever it may be, we have a set point in our lives of what we expect our lives to be. And that comes from, you know, the things that have happened to us in our Mm -hmm. past, the things that people have said, and for women, especially it's from the media, the movies and everything, because yes. women are not, are not good at math. Women are the ones that take care of the house and they give up their lives for everybody else. And if they step forward and take care of themselves, people say that they're a biatch and, you know, and that they're crass or, you know, and so women learn that, you know, you, you can't take care of yourself. You have to take care of everybody else. And so when you have your subconscious mind with all of your thermostat right there of whatever it is, and you know how the thermostat works is if you've got your, if it's 80 degrees outside and you want your house to be 70, you put it on 70. Well, it'll get the temperature to 70, but if you open all the windows and the heat comes in, then it'll go back and it'll try to bring everything back down to 70. And so if, let's just use weight for instance if you've always been told you were fat and you weigh 180 pounds you lose down to 150 and you've always thought you are 180 pounds you're going to sabotage yourself until you get back up to the 180 or more and so it takes a lot more than just i'm going to lose weight i'm going to eat better i'm going because all of those things are great but if you don't have anything to help you move that thermostat a little bit your self belief you know how you see yourself then you're going to maybe not right away but you're going to go back to that place and most of the time you go back and you're a little heavier than you were before and that's why all these major companies like weight watchers and jenny craig and all those things are still in business let's face how it they make if their great, money if it worked they would go out of business because everybody would learn how to eat right and they would do it and they wouldn't have to have this lifetime membership and then they gain weight. So now they have to start paying.
0: And, you know, it's, it's one of those, um, uh, It's like the big pharmaceuticals. Like, are you you really interested in me being healthy or me taking this drug?
1: Definitely not. Definitely not. (laughs) Um, But it's, you know, it's we and we do it to ourselves, but it's perpetuated by all the stuff out here. Right. Right. and one of the things that I um, I talk about with my clients and on my podcast and different things is that, you know, a lot of times we have aspirations for what we want to be in our lives, but it's really not our aspirations. It's what society has told us we're supposed to want. You know, the the marriage and the two children and the picket fence and the dog and, you know, the minivan. And we're told that that's basically what we're supposed to want by what the TV shows that most of the time, right? And so um, people are told as they're growing up, you know, you're so good at that. You should be an accountant. Well, then suddenly that's what the person starts gearing toward. And there's a reason why families have a lineage of different, the same profession in that family right like and so, in- vicky
0: I, I i need to stop you okay sorry. i i i i feel like i need to lay down on that couch behind you <laughs> because you have said so much oh i want to unpack so much okay this all this right talk. because the last note you're talking about generational curses <laughs> But, well not necessarily not curses well, not curses well not necessarily curses but generational belief systems that have passed down but I wanted to backtrack because okay. I, I, I'm I, I'm trying to keep up with some of the things you're saying and first of all
1: I'm sorry I can talk really a lot you know
0: <laughs> but but all of the- No, don't apologize. All of the concepts are serious and all the concepts are a level of depth. I want to stop and pause and not gloss over it because you spoke about, I have in my notes here like silence and that caught my attention because I'm one of those women, you're supposed to do this, not that. If you speak up, it's actually embedded uh, in the Caribbean community uh, in terms of the role of women, the role of men. And that struck a nerve because I was taught that silence was the way I was supposed to engage and show up in relationships. Mm. Then I suppose following your line of thinking, it manifests itself on how we treat ourselves and the yo-yo. So I can say all day long, I want to be fit, but I know if I have a feeling or a thought, I'm going to go to my comfort food because I know or I feel or I was taught I can't speak up. So for the woman who's listening to this she's on a pattern on a cycle and you talked about it in terms of, you know, the commercial organizations that try to get us to be healthy. What do you say to that woman in that place where she is, where she's feeling like I'm on this endless cycle and I can't get off. So, so after we talk about that, I have another point, but go, well, (laughs) the The first thing is is um, um our outer
1: environment is reflected of our inner environment. So anytime I have someone who's wanting to um, let's say, lose weight, get control of their life, the first thing I do is tell them to declutter their home. And some people, it's a huge undertaking. So, um under those circumstances, I've had some people that would just have, paralysis about it they couldn't do it and so I'd say okay when you walk into one room find one corner make that one corner beautiful and then work out from there because that way you can see that you've done something and it's just going to feel better I don't know if you've ever been into someone's home that has just tons of clutter and things everywhere you kind of almost start feeling claustrophobic you can kind of feel a little angst in your body, right? Yes. Um, and so a lot of times that's the angst and the stuff that people are feeling, it's from the environment they have in their home. And so um some people I have to say, well, go in one room, set a timer for 15 minutes, do whatever you can in 15 minutes and walk away. Do the same thing the next day because it's it can be overwhelming if you've been letting things go, but doing that activity actually starts changing your your mental feel about things you start feeling the control even though it might only be a little corner of a room it starts become that's your haven you know I can go in that spot and I can feel good and that's where I can start you know taking control of my life is in that spot and then the more you do that the bigger that control happens in your environment
0: I can relate to that. You know, some of our elders, some of our ancestors talk about, for example, a prayer room that you walk into a house and there's a certain area you can tell somebody's been praying in that space. So there is a relationship, if I'm hearing you correctly, between what you see aesthetically and what is going on in your life. And that is something, that is some, an area to be addressed. The other thing that you brought up was just this whole emphasis on the subconscious. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: My question is, why would the subconscious want to sabotage oneself? You know, don't we uh, as a whole human being want to be better? So Why do, why do we sabotage ourselves? Well, our subconscious
1: whole point is to keep us safe Mm. and change sometimes does not feel safe. It feels uncertain. And so a lot of people tend to go back into that safe place. So it's almost like they feel comfortable in their misery. At least they know what that feels like. They know what's going to happen as they do this, even though it may be a miserable situation. I don't know if you've ever heard this phrase, but my mom used to say it all the time. The devil, you know, is better than the devil. You don't know.
0: Yes. I know that phrase. (laughs) Yeah.
1: yeah, And it's the same kind of thing. You know what this looks like and what this feels like. But if you make the change and you take the opportunity to do something different. You're not only having the opportunity to possibly fail, but you've got the possibility of doing something better. But if you've never done that before, you don't know what that looks like. And just the not knowing can sabotage us. That's why the working with the subconscious does so well because I go in and under hypnosis and we actually create um, a visual of what that's going to look like. And so, like I said, the subconscious doesn't know whether it's the truth or whether it's a lie. And so you start putting in visions of this life that you want and you do it enough, then your brain starts seeing that it's familiar and it stops sending you into the the flight mode of going back to where you were. Does that so make your sense? Brain,
0: so your brain actually it it repeats patterns. Mm-hmm. Okay. And for all those people who say, "What? Well, how has math ever helped me in life?" <laughs> <laughs> math is patterns. That much I know. Yeah. Um, so it 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 sends you into the patterns. The only way, well, let me not use that extreme word only one way to change your life is basically to change the pattern. Mm -hmm. To change the pattern, you have to go into your subconscious mind. Yes. It's
1: it's not only changing the pattern, it's changing the expectation.
0: Okay. What do you mean by that? What's the difference Um, between changing the pattern and expectation?
1: The pattern when you're looking at a pattern, you're looking in the past. What, how has all this happened? Right. Which just solidifies whatever your expectation is. If you're expecting things to be status quo, if that's what you're doing. But if you're looking at something that um, is a different life that you're going toward, that's not a pattern, that's an expectation of something unknown.
0: Okay, so one is past, one is future. Mm -hmm. Then, before I interrupted you, you started to talk about things that go through the lines that I I have here, like generations or something. Well, what that comes up, yeah. So, so, so what
1: (laughs) what I was talking about with that is that, um, how we expect things let's say for instance like i was raised in a family where everybody was a hairstylist i became a hairstylist my siblings were hairstylists my mom her brother her sister you know of uh, their children and it just you do what you know so i've got i've got clients now that are nurses their children all became nurses um So that's what I was talking about when I was talking about generational is that we tend to adopt what we know, what we see. And so a lot of times people can break that and say, well, I don't really like doing that. So I'm going to do something different. But then they're kind of um, sitting on the outside. See what
0: I'm saying? I do see what you're saying in terms of familiarity. It's Mm -hmm. the same way with like firefighters and police officers. And and the thing that's really important to, to notice about
1: that is that probably a bunch of those people who became firefighters or police officers, that wasn't their dream, but that's what, because of their family, that they were kind of pushed into that became their dream. So that was one of the things I was talking about with making sure that our dreams are our own, that we're making choices because it's something we really, truly inside want to do, not trying to placate the family, not, you know, being so nice to everybody that whatever they tell us is what we do. And, you know, cause that's the, especially women. Now there are probably men that do that too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can't speak about that. Um, but um, women specifically are you know, taught these certain things to be. And so it takes a really strong step to step outside of that.
0: So how do you... Uh, I, I'm thinking about the person who does step outside of it and I'm thinking about the person who was trying to control it. I think of an example of like my son. I, I, one of my two sons, he played soccer. Everybody wore black soccer shoes. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. This, uh, he must've been nine, 10 years old at the time. He wanted, when we went to the store, he wanted bright orange shoes. <laughs> it was a battle in the store. And I was like, no, we're getting the black. He was, no, I'm getting the orange. He was asserting himself in a way that I wasn't accustomed to. And I was like, what do you mean? You're nine and 10 years old. You're supposed to listen to your mom, <laughs> okay? <laughs> so what is it like for people to break out of the box that other people have put on them? Not just um, strangers per se, or people who are remote from them, but even people who love them. Uh, mm-hmm. what is the experience like for somebody who's who's been con- i want to use the word controlled and um, i have to forgive myself <laughs> um <laughs> or or put a lot of pressure what is it like for that person well
1: in my opinion it's almost like you've you've been held down in your neck and you couldn't speak. And then suddenly you have the ability to, it's like, it clears your throat. It clears your chakras. It clears your body. And I think from that place, you can um, expect that person to be more, have clearer boundaries with others. And because they are looking at themselves as a, um, a whole person that can make decisions and do things in life to regardless of what other people's opinion are and and I'll share a story my daughter um she is the epitome of she'll say well I don't care what they think and you know and I have always been taught um of course I'm a lot older but I've always been taught that you care de- desperately about what other people think of you you know you're supposed to look a certain way talk a certain way you're supposed to um be uh, seen and not heard. You're supposed to, you know, do what you're told. That was the generation I grew up in. And so for me, for her to have that attitude, sometimes it braided my nerves, you know, um, because we've I all think, been there. Yes. Yes. And, but she's the one that, um, I have lived in Georgia all my life. My, all my family is here. The furthest away, Um, I've had a couple that have moved to other States, but the furthest away in my state is my mom. She's an hour from me. Uh, everybody else is close. Right. And so to me, it's never been in my field of vision to move away to another place. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. I I have always wondered how do these people do that kind of thing? You know, they just get up and they move and they don't know anybody and everything. Well, my daughter, um, she decided one day she told me and she was what 18 at the time I guess she said I think I've decided I'm going to go to Denver I said oh that's cool she said no I mean I'm going to move to Denver what What? I said you've never been to Denver she said I know and I said do you know anybody there no I said when are you moving she said in next week it was like oh my gosh so she packed up her car and she moved to Denver. She didn't know a soul. She did have a job here that she transferred out there. And so she had a job. She stayed in an Airbnb for a while. And then she actually, you know, um, got on Craigslist and found a couple of roommates. It was great. Um, she's moved to Hawaii. She's moved to Portland. You know, of course, my thing with her is I said, you know, you can go visit places. You don't always have to move. I have to the move there. Uh, but anyway, you know, those things never occurred to me that you could actually do that, you know? And so I was saying something about this one day when we were talking to some friends and she said, well, mom, you still could. I said, tell me how got a house, got a job, got a, uh, I have a, a, a physical job too, besides my coaching. And then I've got animals, She lives with me. I got you, you know, how is it that I'm supposed to pack up and go, but people do it all the time. I just had a a woman that I have that, um, I've, we did hypnosis and stuff together and she just decided when her lease was up on her house that she's moving to Costa Rica.
0: Whoa. Really? Really? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I feel like when people have that, you know, it doesn't matter what people think, Or, you know, the, um, I can have my own voice. They also have that ability to say, I want a new adventure. I want to do something. Whereas a lot of us don't.
0: Yes. Yes. And sometimes that can come into conflict. Vicki, how is coaching different than therapy? Because so many of our listeners might be familiar. If you, you go see someone, they, they help you through your issues. How is coaching how is that is is there a difference?
1: There is. Um now I don't know if I can articulate it um real well, but I will try my best. But therapy, like I've had um couples therapy before, so I can I can go to that to kind of <laughs> tell you, but the therapist, you sit there and you just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk, and they go, "Mm-hmm, mm-hmm." That's interesting. That's interesting. And you, to me, it always felt like it was a, um, just a time to s- get all the stuff off my chest. Right. I never felt like it was leading me to something other than getting things off my chest. Mm-hmm. Now they may not all be the same, mm-hmm. but that's the way it was for me. Now, as a coach. I listen, but I also interject and help them to come up with solutions for themselves. So it's, you know, it might look like, well, if you're having problems with this relationship and this is what happened, how would you have rather it gone? And then they can give me that answer. And is what could you have done or said that might have sent it in that direction? So I kind of give them little prompts to come up for things themselves. Now, I will say... I, um, um, I, I, sometimes I will interject my thoughts on how they could have maybe done something that might be a little helpful. And in hypnosis, what I do is I go through that whole process of finding out what's going on. And then I actually take really good notes. And then when I do the hypnosis, I actually give them all the things that they wanted to be different in a we would, because if if they said, "Well, um, I don't want to smoke anymore," I'd say, "You want to be a non-smoker," and so we ref- we phrase things in a positive way. And those positive things that we discovered together are the things that I help them to internalize in hypnosis.
0: There's something that you said, and I want to key in on it because it is so subtle but so important. Um, I'm, I'm I'm trying to. Uh, remember your exact words but it made me think in terms of taking responsibility for yourself it's not about what the other person did that upset you but you said something along the lines of "Um, what is it that you might have said or done to uh, this person went in that direction it's more so, of what could you
1: have said or done to make things go the way you wanted them to because I asked oh, them the first, way that you
0: wanted them to. What,
1: what, what would have been a better outcome than what you had? And then it's what could you have said or done to have sent it in that direction? Because we can't control anything anybody else does. We can only control us.
0: Right. Right. And that I think is so very important because that question is you're giving us the language to use in terms of working out whatever conflict it might be occurring in a relationship Mm -hmm. there's Also works in your profession too yeah right there's now language for it and there's now an accountability to self i need to take responsibility for myself and and to wow (laughs) <laughs> wow. This What you do is so, so amazing and so spectacular. And I think there are so many people who can benefit from what you're doing. I, wa- I want to throw out a quote there and then a- ask you some questions as, as we close, different type okay. of questions. The first person that I heard to say it, I don't know if it originated with her, but her name is Cheryl Wood, and she is heads up something called the Global Speakers University. She said, it's about you, but it's not for you. It's about you, but it's not for you, it's suggesting that you might have gone through an experience such as what you've shared with us in terms of you know your your husband passing and realizing it, this is something you have to do for your children and now you've taken it and you're helping other people with it so i just think that is glorious that is your calling so i want to get to a sentence I would like you to fill in the second half of the sentence. Okay. I wish someone would have told me fill in the blank. I wish someone would have told
1: me that all the things that we go through in our life make us amazing humans and that to just go ahead and embrace all the things that happened at the time, instead of looking at them as um, a horrible experience or a a pit that I've fallen into or whatever, but to look at it as that was an experience going to make me stronger. That's going to make me able to help other people. I wish someone had told me that and I would have maybe um, probably wouldn't have believed them in the very beginning to be perfectly (laughs) honest, but you know, as time went, I think I would have seen, my challenges of life in a totally different um, context.
0: Beautiful. So I wanna alert our listeners, I'm I'm getting this warning here in this recording. (laughs) So if we're cut off, I'm gonna come back to part two and then we'll go to the next part and open up a new recording, but because this is so good. So what I'd like to do, So this is hilarious. So I'm Anne-Marie, host of About This Life, and I am so enraptured with my guest, Vicki Poole, who is just sharing this wealth of information with me in terms of the work she does as a health and life coach. The conversation just went so deep so quickly, and I'm loving it. I'm learning from it. What I'd love to do in this section of our conversation, Vicki, is I want to throw out some words. Okay. I want to hear your thoughts on the words that I throw out. Let me count how many did I have. I'm going to limit it to five. Okay. The first one is healing.
1: Healing. What are my thoughts on the word?
0: Mm-hmm. So when you hear the word healing, whatever pops in your mind.
1: What pops in my mind is um,
0: trust. Okay. Second word, trauma. Trauma. Mm.
1: Trauma, it just pops in my mind is that people can use their trauma either for a step up to create a whole amazing life or an excuse to lay down and do nothing.
0: Okay. So people have a choice. Mm -hmm. Okay. Third word, boundaries. Boundaries,
1: what everybody needs, not only (laughs) needs, but they need to enforce.
0: Yeah. That's the trick. That's the trick. You know, you, you know, the, the book that saved my life was called Boundaries. Um, was it John John Townsend and Henry Cloud? I was getting them mixed up, but that book. If you don't know it, yes, <laughs> boundary boss. And I'm looking back. And, and uh, here's mine. Here we go. Um, Henry Cloud <laughs> and John Townsend. So if you don't know about that book, Boundaries, you need to find out. It will change your life. It will change. Yeah. And life. that's
1: one thing that women struggle with more than anybody.
0: Yes, so I have two more words, okay? Worthy or worth
1: worth. Ah, oh, that is such a loaded, loaded word. I think we all have amazing worth, and a lot of people don't see it.
0: okay. Last word, hope,
1: hope, the internal thing that we all desire in our lives.
0: Okay. Vicki, tell us how to find you and and before you tell us this i, I did my research I, I went took a look at at your podcast i'm looking at the topics there there are just a lot of people who would benefit from knowing you and hearing you and listening to you and and what you have to say about healing so if you would just just share how do we find you All right, to
1: to get my podcast, it's called Today's Dream, Tomorrow's Reality, Um, and that is on um, Spotify, iTunes, and Amazon podcast, and I also have a YouTube channel that's just my name, Vicki Poole, um, and I share these on there as well, and different thoughts. Um, Anybody can reach out via email, theenlightenedpeach at gmail.com. And because, um, and I'll share. You know, I told you I'm a Georgia peach, right? And through all the things that I've learned and everything, I feel I'm I'm enlightened. So I'm the enlightened peach. Um, that is my business name. Um, that is also uh, the enlightened peach on Facebook, and then on Instagram, it's the underscore enlightened underscore peach. And I do not have a website. I used to have one a long time ago and I felt like it was a a ticking time bomb. I was constantly trying to figure out what it was doing and everything. And it didn't seem to be doing what I wanted it to. So I got rid of it. And right now this is how people reach me.
0: Absolutely. And I think, uh, I I just know for my own edification, listening to you, there's so many things that we can um, address and dig up in order to walk a more holistic and healthy path. When we address those things, it is then that we can address the outer things like our weight, the outer things about our environment and our energy level and our vitality. So I would like to thank you for being my guest today on About This Life, where we are changing our lives, one day at a time. Thank you so much, Vicki.